Psalm 28 today. Hey, some of the stuff we're going to be uh, saying up here before the message is going to be repetitive, but with especially with so many people being sick off and on, we want to make sure that everybody, that we cover our bases. I, I do want to reiterate something else before we get started is there are going to, we all come from, when I say all, me, Josh, and Troy, and probably all of you in this room, or most of you in this room, come from non-confessional and um, non-member churches. And so there is going to be um, some growing pains um, as we figure out maybe how to do stuff. And and you, you could say, well, how long is that going to be? Well, for the life of the church. There, we're always going to be, you know, I mean, our name is Reforming Truth Church. And that doesn't mean we are reforming the truth, but that does mean we are being reformed by the truth continually. We've already got a lot of really good questions, especially a lot of good whataboutism questions, like what about this? What would you do if this happens? And those are so helpful because we can preemptively think and pray and search the scriptures um, and, and also look at how other churches have handled certain issues. So I would check out that fact sheet for sure. Those are some really good questions. But those are the things that we will, again, it's the practicality in how this, what it looks like that'll, we don't necessarily have all the answers, but I do want to say doctrinally, uh, please check out the 1689. Again, there's a copy for each family that we're locked in on that. We're not going to be changing doctrine uh, left and right. Um, but we are, there, there is going to be things that'll come up that we didn't even know were possible to come up, which whether you're confessional or membership or not, that's what happens. I've been pastoring now for over 10 years and 90% of what I've had to deal with um, or handle or work through outside of studying the scriptures has been like, man, I never saw that coming in a million years um, because we're people and we're complicated. So I just ask on that note, just extend mercy and grace to us. Um, uh, so, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you will. All right. Psalm 28, the word of the Lord. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and we will give you one. Psalm 28, Lord, I call to you, my rock, do not be deaf to me. If you remain silent to me, I will be like those going down to the pit. Listen to the sound of my pleading when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with the evildoers who speak in friendly ways when their neighbors, with their neighbors while malice is in their hearts. Repay them according to what they have done, according to the evil of their deeds. Repay them according to the work of their hands. Give them back what they deserve, because they do not consider what the Lord has done or the work of his hands. He will tear them down and not rebuild them. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the sound of my pleading. The Lord my heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart celebrates, and I give thanks to him with my song. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is a stronghold of salvation for his anointed. Save your people. Bless your possession. Shepherd them and carry them forever. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Psalms. Thank you for Psalm 28. Thank you for the truth. Lord, we desperately need our minds to be and shaped by um, your word, by the truth, Lord. And I pray today that we would receive grace and by receiving grace, 
uh, you would receive glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, man, Psalm 28 is, uh, man, so many of these psalms. I love the psalms, and primarily why I love the psalms is probably because, um, uh, for lack of better phrasing, they're, they're, they're just, they're easier. You just, you read a psalm and it just, you don't really have to think at, on the surface level, you don't really have to think about too much. You, you read the Psalms and you, you see Jesus. You read the Psalms and you see yourself and, and just in your pilgrimage. You see and you learn how to pray. You, you see, it's, a, it's, a, it's as if you are praying when you read these Psalms, when you think about some of just life's circumstances. Um, man, but when you really see Christ in the Psalms, they become such a balm for the soul. Uh, when, you, when you see Christ in the Psalms, you, are, you, you get your eyes on eternal things and eternal matters, the eternal one. Um, because if we just see the Psalms as like, well, I'm David, David's me, uh, because David's a human being and I really relate to this. I mean, yeah, that, that's good, but man, when you see these Psalms as pointing forward in God's redemptive plan to Christ, you, you, you see that although David is dealing with a real-life situation and that God does answer his prayers in these real-life situations, ultimately all these prayers are, prayers are yes and amen are answered in Jesus Christ. And that's when the church just gets to really grab these psalms and really be encouraged and really uh, be set free by the truth that Christ is indeed uh, going to save his people. And so uh, on the onset, all right, I, this is called, I'm not even going to give you the title because I, I hate titles and I don't like this one. So um, the outline, though, we have a cry for mercy. We have a prayer for mercy, followed by a prayer for justice, followed by worship and gratitude for answered prayer, okay? And then followed by, and I, I, these are always some of my favorite parts, is a prayer for the people. And so David prays for mercy for himself. He prays for justice for the evildoers, which that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's perfect. Um, now, Jesus says, love your enemies, and we're like, well, how do you do that and do that? You do them both. We can figure that out. We can say, get them God and also save them God. When we think about all the crazy atrocities and all the evil that is going on in the world, all the attacks on the family, all the attacks on women, all the attacks on men, all the attacks on children, all the attacks on gender, you name it, sexuality, we can say, Lord, get them, and we can also say, Lord, save them, okay? We can, we can do that emotionally. We can figure that out. I know it's like a paradox, but that's cool. We can do that. Um, so you have mercy, and you have justice. They do go hand in hand. And, and then you have this just beautiful recognition that God has answered his prayer or that God is going to answer his prayer. Commentators and translations differed on that section. But man, David never forgets the people of God. And what even right there is just a great lesson for us. Like, man, I know your life is hard. Mine, mine is too. And, and just a side note on that, we, 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 life is hard, okay? But life is also good, okay? We're, it's, we're not, we don't want to be, because talking about life being hard, it really relates to people because suffering is something that we all have in common, right? But that's not the only thing we have in common. We also have good things. And we have things that, I mean, and, and I'm not even talking about eternal things. We certainly have that, which overshadows everything, and it certainly should. 
But in this life, we have wins. It's not all losses. And so we don't ever want to be the people that, because there's a trend going on, and you know how trends are. You got, you, you got, um, there's all, they're usually overreactions, right? And so you have this, ah, oh, we're, you know, like, like sinless perfection. And, 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 then the, and then there's like, well, that ain't right. And so then the overreaction is, oh, we're all just a bunch of sucky sinners. And that, well, that's not right either. Luther would say we're sinners and saints, and that's what we've got to do. And I agree with him. We are at the same time sinners, but at the same time saints, and we've got to figure out how to, how to balance that. Um, but, man, life is hard, um, but life is good. Um, and, and we just get to, when we think about David remembering the people of God, what, what a cool lesson for us to just remember that. Although our life is hard. Good, I, I thought I totally lost my train of thought. I didn't. I did, but I found it. Now I'm losing it again. No, I'm not. Although life is hard for you, okay, life is hard for me too. Life is hard for the person sitting next to you, the person sitting in front of you, the person sitting behind you. Now we can sit down and compare lives and decide whose is, is harder. That's dumb. Don't do that. But we, don't, we, do, but we do do that. Oh, uh, you, 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 don't, you, you don't know. You could never know. Well, no. I, I mean, empathy's good to a certain degree, but empathy's not good if I'm just you're just wanting me to drown with you. We, what we want to have is compassion. We want to have sympathy for people, and we can't have sympathy for people if all we're doing is thinking about how bad our life sucks, and then actually <laughs> snubbing down our noses at people when they talk about how bad their life sucks, and we don't even we don't even swim with them. We don't even get in the water. We don't even dip our toes in. We don't pray for them. We don't love them. We just, we, we say, ah, they, they have no idea how bad life can be. They haven't walked in my shoes for a mile. Now, David gives us this good encouragement, this good reminder that although your life as an individual is difficult and, and has difficulties, so does mine, so does the person next to you and in front of you and behind you, so does every single person, and it kind of helps us not get, again, so navel-gazing. It, it helps us. This is, this is such a contradiction. It keeps us and helps us from not having pride in our own suffering. <laughs> Seriously. Pride in our own suffering. What a, that's a, I don't know if this is the right word, pandemic? Epidemic? I don't know. It seems like a pandemic. Like, it's just, it seems like it's like, there's like this competition to see whose life is the worst, I'm just telling you, when we do that, we're not, we're not doing what David's doing here. We're not crying out for mercy. We're, we're, we'll cry out for mercy in our own lives. We'll cry out for justice in other people's lives. And yet we won't even really want God to answer our prayers because it's like our identity is wrapped up in our suffering. We actually like being victims. And we're nervous about what would happen if we weren't the victim. We're like, what would I do with all my thinking? What would my words mutter? I, I wouldn't even be able to complain anymore about how bad my life stinks if, if God were actually to answer my prayer. And man, we certainly wouldn't be doing what David does here, it, which is considering that, that other people are suffering as well, okay? And so David prays for mercy. Man, how we desperately need and long for mercy. B small picture, big picture. Right now in this life, with some of the stuff we're going through, I don't know what everybody's going through, and even if I know some things, I certainly don't know all things. You got the small picture, which is just the things, and then you got the big picture. When you think about our, the fact that as 
the, as fallen human race, as no one, no one righteous, no one good, no one dead in our trespasses and sins, no one searching God, no, no one even looking for God. And then knowing that the wages of that, the wages of sin being eternal death, how much we need mercy. Not just in at your workplace and as a parent and as a spouse or as a single person or as a child, as a son or as a daughter, not just in mercy on how to live this Christian life and learn how to love God better and love other people more, not, not just mercy because there's people that are out to get you and you want mercy in that situation, you want God's protection, but mercy in the big picture of eternal life, how desperately we need mercy. And David's desperation just jumps off the pages. Lord, I call to you, but look at me. It's Again, I know I always say this, but the doctrine of God. I've just started my sermon, by the way, pain board. Sorry, I just hit start. Elijah. How desperately we need God. But how awesome is it that David, that's not just like something up in the clouds. Yes, he needs God, but already in this desperation, he says, my rock. Speaking of the strength of God, you want to get into the theology proper of it and the attributes of God. Speaking of God being all-powerful, he, he's, even when he's desperate, he never loses sight of who he's actually praying to. And David says, Lord, I call to you my rock. Do not be deaf to me. Remember, we talked about this last week, right? Lord, verse 7, Lord up above in my Bible, Psalm 27, Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. Now, we know he doesn't do this, and yet this is what it looks like to pray the will of God. This is why, again, praying the Psalms is the best way to pray. David knows God is his rock. David knows that God is not going to... God can't be... There's things God can't do, and God can't lie, and he can't be deaf. He can't not know. He can't not hear. He can't not see. And so, but yet David just doesn't be like, well, God knows everything. Why pray? No, David, God hears. Why? why God's going to hear me. So why would I even pray? God hear me. God hears and sees everything. Why would I even pray them? Don't be deaf to me. No, we're praying the will of God. David's praying the will of God. Do not be deaf to me. If you remain silent to me, I will be like those going down to the pit. Uh, my commentator, my, one of my favorite commentators, Henry, said he'd be like a dead man lost and undone. Whew, there it is. I mean, this is, th this, right? I mean, just, like, if you're like, well, how much do I need mercy? Well, here's how much you need mercy in this passage. If you don't get the mercy, you're going to be like those going down to the pit. You're going to be like a dead man left, lost, and undone. That's how much we need God's mercy. And the prayer continues, mercy. Listen to the sound of my pleading, mercy. When I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. I can't remember the commentator that I read, but he said it's, it's like David is on his knees with his hands wide open, begging his father to pick him up. Sheesh. Mercy. Dear Lord, help. Dear Lord, listen to the sound of my pleading. This isn't, Lord, help, which that's fine. This is, Lord, help, my pleading, my cry to you for help. Think, and this is where 
this is where I almost want to stop the service and say, hey, just take a minute and whatever that thing is, just, just talk to God. Ten seconds even. Whatever that thing is, whatever that, that temptation is, whatever that sin is, whatever that trial is, whatever that pain is, whatever that suffering is, put yourself in David's shoes. You are in David's shoes because you're alive. You're a human being. And just like David, you need God's mercy. And we all have the stuff. Some of us more than others. And yes, some, some of us harder than others. And we're just thinking on a temporal plane right now. But man, when we do and think about what we do every Sunday, you know, they're, oh, you guys are antinomianism, antinomianist, which is like we're free grace and cheap grace and we're all about licentiousness and, you know, whatever, sin more so grace abounds. That's what happens to gospel people. Just you get misunderstood. And we're like, well, okay, if I'm an antinomian, can I just ask you a question? Do you, when you, wherever you go to church, do you guys like read the law and confess your sin <laughs> every single Sunday? <laughs> the answer is usually going to be like, what? What does that even look like? No, we, 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 when we think about the big picture, we know, man, how desperate in need of mercy we are. How desperate of mercy and we, we needed as sinners, estranged from God, dead in our trespasses and sins. And then just as the people of God, we, it's not like we're like, well, I have mercy, I've, I've had enough. No, God's, God, again, the attributes of God, God is infinite, right? What if I told you that means that every attribute of God and every character of God is infinite as well? Because God is, all that is in God is God. God is simple. He's not complex. He's not compounded. He's not made up of parts. And so when you think about his love, God is love, well, think about the fact that that love is infinite. When, when you think about God being merciful, think, remember, God's mercies are new every morning. Well, yeah, because his mercy is, it's infinite. He doesn't go reload while you're sleeping. He doesn't have to reload. And so when we think about mercy, it's like, yes, I've had the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God poured out of my life at, at conversion, at salvation. But man, Lord, I just, I, man, Lord, I still need your mercy. Give me more mercy. More mercy here, verse 3. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with the evildoers. There you go. I mean, I... You could think like on the temporal plane. But I just, I have, a, I mean, which about that, but I mean, just think about it on the eternal plane. This is how much we need mercy because guess what? We're the evildoers. We, we are. Uh, Christ died for us while we were still his enemies. And yet, here it is do not drag me away with the wicked, with the evildoers who speak in friendly ways with their neighbors while malice is in their hearts. And so now it's just taken back down to the temporal level. There's something clearly going on right now. These guys are sweet-talking and they're flattering people. They're blowing smoke, but, but in their hearts, they just want to murder and kill and destroy, lie, cheat, hate. And David says, I don't, I don't want to be dragged away with those guys. Where those guys are going, it ain't going to be pretty. Where is it going to be? Where he's already said, the pit. And he doesn't want to go there. And so it's, Lord, hear my cry. If you don't hear my cry, then I am going to be dragged away with the wicked and with the evildoers. So David prays for mercy. Verses 4 for 5, on the heels of mercy. It's just, this is just a perfect outline. I, it's not my outline. It's the outline of Scripture, all right? 
is a prayer for justice. Verse 4, repay them according to what they have done. According to, now notice here also, he's, he's, he's not like saying, I'm going to get them. You know, he's leaving vengeance up to the Lord, okay? Repay them according to what they have done, according to the evil of their dirt, deeds. Nothing less, nothing more, all right? Repay them according to the work of their hands. Give them back what they deserve. Give them back what they deserve. And here's why. Because they do not consider, this is Romans 121 stuff. They don't consider what the Lord has done or the work of his hands. He will tear them down and not rebuild them. Hey, guys, there is no such thing as an atheist, all right? An atheist is someone who is, I mean, they can believe that they are, but if you could crawl under their brain at night, you would be like, oh, they, they know there's a God. <laughs> they just don't want there to be a God. And these guys, it's Romans 1 stuff. These guys, they know. He's not saying they don't, you know. It's like the fool who says in his heart, there is no God. He's a fool, number one, and first and foremost, because he's lying to himself. And he's lying, in fact, of the clear testimony of, of, of nature, of natural law. And certainly lying in the face and clear testimony of revelation, divine revelation of Scripture. These guys aren't clueless. No, these guys know there's an all-powerful, almighty God. They know there's a creator. And yet, just think about how evil and stupid it is to just, like, be an evildoer. When you know there's a God. And when we know there's a God, in Romans 1, he says, we know of the justice and the power of God. And yet you're not even consider. you don't even, it doesn't even, it, trust me, it crosses your mind, but it does, you don't consider it enough to not be an evildoer. And he's like, that is, that is, hero, that is atrocious. That is horrendous. I almost said herocious. That, that is, that is, that is the worst of the worst. Clear testimony of God. And yet you just go headlong into being an evildoer. You go headlong in and being a hypocrite. You go headlong in and to be a faker. You go headlong in and being deceitful with your lips and your eyes. And yet conceiving plans. Of being, I mean, you have lost sight of the fact that you are going to stand before a holy and just God one day. I mean, what a great deterring factor from being an evildoer is that we're all going to stand before, all of us are. And yet these guys, they don't care. Well, they're going to care one day. And David's praying that that day would come sooner than later. A prayer for justice. And look at the confidence, though, that he has, all right? He, being God, at the end of verse 5, will tear them down and not rebuild them. He's confident in the, in the justice of God. He's confident in the character of God, not just the mercy and the compassion and the love of God, but in the righteousness and in the justice of God, he's confident. The right judgment of God. He knows God will deal with them accordingly. And then here it is. This is the worship and gratitude. So you have the prayer for mercy for his own life. You have the prayer for justice for these evildoers. And then you have the worship and gratitude because the prayer is answered as he's looking back or he's just answering as in he knows God is going to answer his prayer. Uh, CSB has it in the past tense. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the sound of my pleading. The Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord is his rock. My heart trusts him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart celebrates and I give thanks to him with my song. This is, this is just appropriate. 
This is what you do. You pray the will of God, and God answers your prayer, and then you respond in worship. We have this whole thing, guilt, grace, gratitude. We don't, but we've latched on to it. We understand our guilt, we see God's grace, and then we, we respond in gratitude. And here he is responding in gratitude for God's grace, for God's mercy, but also for God's justice. And this should be the posture of God's people. And then notice, though, he doesn't leave, lose sight of the people of God. The Lord is the strength of his people. So the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord, I trust in him. He is my shield. Ah, the Lord is the strength of his people. So he prays for himself. He prays against his enemies. He, he prayers are answered and he rejoices and prays the Lord. I mean, it's incredible rejoicing. I, I just, I love, blessed be the Lord. My heart trusts in him. Therefore, my heart celebrates. I give thanks to him with my song. And then he, ah, oh, the Lord's not only my strength. And I'm not the only one that has troubles. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the stronghold of salvation for his anointed, speaking of himself, but we're going to get into this real quick. Remember, he is a type of Christ, and we know Christ, of course, is the anointed one. Save your people. Hey, save me. He, he saved me. Lord, save your people. There's others. Save your people. Bless your possessions. Shepherd them and carry them forever. What a good outline for us as we think about our own life and our own prayers. Lord, help. Lord, mercy. Lord, grace. And when we think about the culture, Lord, get them. <laughs> Sick them, Lord. And we know he's going to. We will also look back in the past and be blessed be the Lord. When we just think about just life here, we're not, again, not thinking about eternal life. We will certainly do that based on eternal life. And we can just praise the Lord now because he is going to come out victorious. He is going to pour out mercy and grace on his people, and he is going to pour out just judgment on the evildoers, on the wrongdoers, on those, on the wicked. Shepherd them and carry them forever. Man, man, love for the Lord, love for people. There, there it is. Love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And this is David. This is David doing that. Praising the Lord and remembering the people, remembering his life, his situation, but then praising the Lord for victory and then remembering that there are other people that are suffering as well and that are going to suffer. Now, this psalm, all right, and this is, this is what we need to take away from it, finds its ultimate fulfillment in Christ. And this is so important, all right? Because this psalm is about David. We can walk in David's footsteps, and we certainly are walking in David's footsteps, so then we can apply this to our life. But the Bible is not primarily about you, all right? The Bible, what's the acronym? Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Gag me with a spoon. I hate that. That's not what the Bible, the Bible is, what is it? It's God's declaration of himself. It's God showing his people, his, his redemptive plan, unfolding throughout history. The Bible is about Christ, all right? And so is, is this psalm about Christ, or is this psalm just about David, and then I can be like David? No, I'm not saying there's not stuff to glean. There certainly is. But this psalm is, like every psalm, is, a, is, is ultimately pointing us to Christ and the work of Christ, 
to the person and finished work of Christ. This psalm, as I was reading this psalm, I was like, man, this psalm could... And historically, a large portion of the church have called the psalms the prayers of Christ. All right? Now, I'm not going to pull a rabbit out of a hat. We're not doing any wonky stuff up here. But couldn't you see Christ praying this prayer before the cross? I mean, he is the anointed one, and the Father was certainly the stronghold of his salvation. And couldn't you see Christ in, in, in Gethsemane? Lord, I call to you my rock. Do not be deaf to me. If you remain silent, I will be like those going on to the pit. Lord, do not forsake me. Psalm 22. And then, and then, and then in the resurrection, blessed be the Lord. He has heard the sound of my pleading. You can totally, I mean, this isn't, again, this isn't magic tricks. This is clearly could be um, a, a picture of Christ. And we read then in verse 9, 8, save your people. And we read in Matthew, she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The prayer is answered. Oh, I don't know what the prayer, if the prayer was answered in real time for these people. Everybody dies. So even David, who was, who was saved in this situation, still dies. We all die. And yet the Lord fully answers this prayer here. He saves his people through Christ. He says, shepherd them. Jesus says, okay, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and know me. This psalm, this prayer, answered in Christ. And just as King David prays for his people, King Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for his people. Our king who prays is also our king who saves, Christ. I read this this morning. Next to the gospel itself, no reality comforts me more than the awareness that Christ prays for me. It is his intercession which sustains us and will save us to the uttermost. It's not my pleas and my prayers that save, but his, just as it is his righteousness and not ours that justifies. Oh, it's so beautiful. Just as it isn't my righteousness that saves me, it's not my prayers that save me. It's the prayers of the king. It's the prayers of the anointed one. It's the prayers of the Messiah. It's not me interceding for the church that's going to sustain the church, although we definitely do do that. We are a praying church in front of y'all and behind y'all, all your backs. But man, it is the prayers of Christ. It is the, the prayer of Christ interceding the, being the stronghold of our salvation, being the anointed one, praying, save your people, bless your possession, shepherd them, carry them forever. And then we know this. I mean, this whole thing is about justice and mercy, mercy and justice. Well, justice and mercy ultimately meet at the cross. Uh, justice poured out on Christ, and not just the enemies over there, but the enemy in my own heart, me, I'm the enemy. My, that, the justice I deserved is poured out on Christ. And then the mercy is poured out on us. So the prayer is ultimately answered at the cross. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Where do we get it? 
in Christ's death for us. Justice, justice, justice. Where do we get it? We don't actually get it. Christ gets us, gets it for us. Then when we do, though, think about enemy, well, Romans 3.26, God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify justice and grace, the one who has faith in Jesus. But when we do think about us no longer being enemies, what do we, what do we think? We think, well, what about our enemies? Because, I mean, if I'm not, well, here we go. Uh, on the cross, when we think about, like, uh, repay them according, I mean, who are our enemies? Repay that, well, sin, Satan, and death. And, and they have been defeated. And they have been defeated on the cross. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's work. So David prays, get him, God. We jump in and we say, get him, God. And then God sends his son to destroy the devil's works, our greatest enemy, our greatest, the, the greatest, the, the, the wickedest, per, work, wickedest creature that's ever lived. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and, he, and opposed to us. He has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. I mean, this prayer, like all prayers, answered in Christ. This psalm, like all psalms, answered in Christ. This prayer for mercy, Christ. This prayer for justice, Christ. This prayer, prayer for victory over enemies, Christ. We will not go down into the pit. David's not going down the pit. Why? Because of Christ. We're not going down to the pit. Why? Because of Christ. We will not be dragged away. David's prayer, please don't drag me away with the wicked. We will not be dragged away with the wicked. Get what, give them what they deserve, David prays. And we say, oh, in Christ, we don't get what we deserve. It's all Christ. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory. Where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not vain. Chin up. Chin up. Plot on. Rejoice a little bit along the way. Because all that we have in this life and the next life is found in Christ. All of our prayers, all of everything, all of our desires for mercy, all of our desires for justice, Christ. All of our prayers for the people of God, Christ. And what about all the evil that we see going on in the world? What about that? What about all the evil we see when we look down the corridors of time and see all the evil throughout the past history of the world? It's just evil upon evil upon evil. Atrocity upon atrocity. Okay, so I, I have this victory in Christ for eternal life. I, that matters most. Lord, help me to really know and believe that that matters more than that thing over there. That, circum, that thing, my son Moses. Sorry, Mo. Uh, help, help me to really believe that eternal things are greater than temporal things. But I got temporal things. And when I look around at the world and the culture... What about the evil? What about the mutilation of kids? 
What, what about the attack on women? What about the attack on children and families? What about the sexual immorality that is just rampant in not just our culture, but in the whole world? What about abortion? What about murdering babies in the womb? What about that? Well, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on a glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another. Just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. David's prayer for justice answered. How? By who? Christ. And then I saw heaven opened up and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True. And with justice he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a fiery flame and many crowns were on his head. He had a name written that no one knows except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies that were in heaven followed him on a white horses and wearing pure white linen, and a sharp sword came out from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God the Almighty, and he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. And so when we think about evil and, and we think about the evil in our own hearts and then we think about the evil out there, all the answers, all that we need, all the victories, all the mercy, all the grace, all the love, all the compassion, and then also all the just judgment is found in Christ, in the person and in the work of Christ. And so this prayer is answered. You can come up, Elijah. We rest, okay? Whether it's temporal things or whether it's eternal things, we rest in the finished work of Christ. We rest in his life and in his death and in his resurrection. And we rest in the future work of Christ when he will come back again. He will gather his elect and he will judge the evildoers. Psalm 28, all about Christ. Lord, I need mercy. Lord, I need mercy. Lord, get them, get them, get them. And we get to say, blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the sound of my pleading. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart celebrates. I give thanks to him with my song, which is what we're going to do today. Let us worship God and give thanks for his great love and grace and mercy. Let us worship God like David and give thanks for his justice. Let us worship and give thanks to God that even while we were enemies, we were the evildoers, Christ died for us. We deserve justice, but we receive mercy. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. As with David, the Lord is our rock. The Lord is the strength of his people. He has saved us. He is saving us, and he will save us. He is shepherding us, and he is carrying us. He will bring us safely home. And so, 
let's with David, let's just chill for one second and together let your mind go where it's going to go, where it's been the whole service. Lord, I call to you, my rock, do not be deaf to me. If you remain silent to me, I will be like those going down to the pit. Listen to the sound of my pleading when I cry to you for help. When I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with the evildoers, who speak in friendly ways with their neighbors while malice is in their hearts. Repay them, Lord, according to what they have done, according to the evil of their deeds. Repay them according to the work of your hands, of their hands. Give them back what they deserve, because they do not consider what the Lord has done or the work of his hands. He will tear them down and not rebuild them. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the sound of my pleading. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart celebrates, and I give thanks to him with my song. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is a stronghold of salvation for his anointed. Save your people, bless your possession, shepherd them, and carry them forever. Man, and Christ says, I got you. He's got us all. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for helping us, Lord, to think about temporal things properly, to have it in its right place. Thank you for helping us think about eternal things, Lord, and putting it in its ultimate place and the highest priority, Lord. Thank you for getting our eyes on your son. Another week ahead of us, another week behind us. We've had ups and downs, highs and lows, victories and losses, and yet we have your son. And this week, we're going to have wins and we're going to have losses. We're going to have struggles and we're going to have victories. We're going to, uh, by the strength of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word, Lord, we are, we are not going to do that thing. But also, Lord, in our own weakness, we may be tempted to. We may even fall and do that thing. And Lord, in your Son, we have not what we deserve. We have mercy. May that fact alone strengthen us, Lord, to walk as your people. May, may the, the realization and the recognition that we have your love and your grace and your mercy and that you are our Father, may that strengthen your people to think right thoughts and to do right things, to obey you. May, may that, Lord, that meditation and that, may that be what reinforces our desire, Lord, to be salt and light in this world. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.